You can tell I don't do this very much. <laughs> um, this morning's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Kale has asked three of us, myself, uh, Ray, and Eric, to give a couple of thoughts about something that we're thankful for this year. And then at the end, he's going to kind of wrap it up with his lesson, and then we'll have communion at the end. Um, in answering that question, he, he said we could do it any way we wanted to. It could be something that we're thankful for. Uh, that's happened this year. It could be a scripture that really spoke to us, a story that really spoke to us. Um, And I decided that it was really hard to come up with something this year, just this year, that I'm thankful for. Uh, And and a couple things that I've chosen uh, are things that I grow more thankful for each year, if that makes sense. Uh, But but as I begin, I want to start with the scripture here and and, it'll, and I'll segue into what my thoughts are, and I hope you'll follow along, be able to follow my thoughts. But it's in chapter uh, Matthew 27, starting with verse 27. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out to the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wore, wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head, and they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him off to be crucified. And as you know in other scriptures, it talks about how even before they led him off to be crucified, he was beaten. He was bloody. Uh, He had to carry his own cross for a distance until he couldn't anymore. And then another scripture I want to read to you is Romans 3.10. No one is righteous, not even one. Sunday morning, starting back in September, myself and Dave Miller, we've been leading a connect group, facilitating a connect group that meets in the children's wing. And we've been studying Romans. And the study of Romans has really opened my eyes more to the fact I'm a sinner. And, and Martin Luther once said, if I had an hour to talk to somebody about the gospel, I'd spend the first 50 minutes telling them how lost they are and the last 10 minutes telling them about the good news. And the reason he said that was is that we never appreciate the life Jesus offers us until we grasp the death that we deserve. We would never run to Jesus for salvation if we don't know how desperately we need to be saved. And this study in Romans, especially when you're looking at the first couple of chapters, that really brings it home to you. And so what I'm thankful about, the first thing I'm most thankful about, and I get more thankful about the more we study Romans, is I'm thankful it was Jesus in my place. It wasn't just Jesus died for me. He died instead of me. He was beaten when I, I'm the one that should have been beaten. He died a death that I should die, or I should have died. So the thing I'm most thankful for is Jesus in my place. And the word grace is an acronym for God's riches at Christ's expense. Now the second thing that I'm most thankful for, and I grow more thankful for every day, is when I... When I got out of law school back in 1985, I started as a district attorney, excuse me, in 84, I started as a district attorney in Little Rock, and I I worked there for a couple of years. Um, 
And I was involved in things and doing things that I shouldn't be involved in and shouldn't be doing. I was, you know, God, God uses all kinds of ways to get us on that narrow path, and then he uses all kinds of ways and people to get us back on that narrow path when we get off of it. And I was off of it. And then on June 7, 1985, I met my wife uh, at a wedding. It was not before the wedding. The wedding was on the 8th. She was the maid of honor, and I was the best man. Um, that meeting, I know it wasn't happenstance. I know God was involved in that as part of his plan. But I stand before you as an elder, as one of your shepherds today, in large part because of my wife. And so I thank God more and more each day and each week for my wife. Um, she had to be a willing vessel, right? Um, and she has put up with me, and if you count the one year that we dated before we got married, she's put up with me for 37 years. And I hope there's another 37 in the future. So. Thanks for listening to me. Good morning, good morning, Cross Point. I'm going to start off with a story, um, and I'll get back to the reason why. I, I climbed towers for a living for a while in the winter in Michigan. Um, no fear. Uh, I've done mission trips. I've done tournaments at jiu-jitsu. Uh, competed. My whole family's competed. Um, and to this point right now, I'm still scared as a cat, uh, like in a dog park right now. I'm nervous. <laughs> so, I don't do well with speaking in large crowds, especially with lights on me. Uh, I was told to keep this mic closer to me. I am a rookie, too. I don't, I don't do this very often. Thank you for leaving this mic on, Bill. Uh, Thanksgiving. I love this holiday. I love this holiday because it's a... Uh, it's a time to give thanks and being grateful for what we have. Of course, there are many things to be you know, thankful for, like my family, uh, my job, my health, uh, the friends that I have, uh, the food, the clean water. And, and I, I, was, I was thinking about this the other day when I was asked to speak up here, you know, what am I thankful for? And, and, I'm, and I wanna go with the little things that I don't want to get by, which is like, you know, being thankful for just, just the leaves changing color in my neighborhood. You know, little things like that, seeing how beautiful this earth is and how God created this earth for us to enjoy. Uh, thankful for the beautiful sunsets, uh, the sunrises. Uh, thankful for the hellos as I drive in my neighborhood for my neighbors. You know, thankful for the birds flying in groups right now, trying to find their way for uh, warmer weather. Uh, even thankful for traffic trying to teach me patience, you know, <laughs> as I'm getting to work. Uh, and I was, as I was writing this, uh, actually last night, uh, I was thankful for the neck rub that my wife was giving me as I was writing this. Um, but no, seriously, you know, I'm thankful for my wife for uh, keeping me grounded and focused on the important things in life. Um, she has been my rock since day one. And I've, I've, I've always told her, um, where, where I am weak, she is strong. She, she's, she's my everything right now. Um, and the thing that I've been struggling with this year 
um, has been forgiveness. Forgiveness has been something that has been shown to me so much in my journey. And, and I'm going to be reading from the scripture from Colossians 3.13. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And as I was reading this, you know, I noticed that, you know, God wasn't asking me. He wasn't asking me to, to forgive. He was pretty much telling me, hey, you must forgive. So, um, so this Thanksgiving, when you're around the table, eating, uh, enjoying the food, conversating, and yelling at the TV for the Cowboys not taking that field goal, you know, um, uh, really focus on uh, not just what you're thankful for, but, you know, forgiveness, you know, forgiving people, forgiving, you know, things that has hurt you. Um, that's, that's what I have learned of what I've been thankful for this year and what Thanksgiving means to me. Thank you. Good morning. Um, my name is um, Omoike Eric. And um, uh, this has been the, uh, one of the hardest but yet simple question um, I've had this year, what are you thankful for? Um, because um, trying to itemize the things that God has done for me and my family um, I, I felt I would leave some things out and that this may minimize what God has done for me and my family. So it was a very hard but yet simple question for me. But nevertheless, I am going to do what I've been asked to do. Um, what am I thankful for this year? So I'm going to start. Firstly, I am thankful to God. Um, for God being a very patient father to a very difficult son like me. I had to deal with a spiritual struggle um, this year. And as I prayed, I, I expected, I was expecting that God will fix that, that struggle um, the way I, I wanted it, how I wanted it, and when I, when I wanted it. Uh, but it, it didn't happen that way. And I became angry at God and frustrated at God. And, you know, when you're angry at God, there's a way it spreads to people around you and to things around you. But I'm thankful to God today that through this struggle, that God's word came alive to me um, from Psalm 46 verse 1 that says that God is our refuge and our strength, a present help. A present help. It, it's continuous, you know, present help in times of trouble. And this kept me going. And I'm thankful to God for his mercies. 
for lifting me, taking me from the pre-K level that I was in faith and taking me to a kindergarten level. Right now, I'm in kindergarten. <laughs> and I'm hoping that by next year, I'll make it to first grade in my faith walk with God. Uh, secondly, um, I'm thankful to God for this church. I'm thankful to God um, for the ministers here. Um, team, Kale, Kai, um, Laurie, and, and, and some of you, all of you here, um, Anne, um, for being a blessing to me and my family. Um, I remember um, <clears throat> when I was dealing with the struggle, um, I walked in here that morning, Sunday morning, and Tim preached from First uh, King 19, and it was a story of um, Elijah, you know, in that struggle with God, you know, when Elijah was expressing his anger and frustration at God, and the way he interpreted that, that text um, was, was new for me. And the understanding that I received from that sermon that morning literally carried me for weeks and months each time I reflected on that sermon. So I want to thank God for the ministers in here and all the people that have helped me and my family to, to grow in the Lord. Thirdly, I, I want to thank God for uh, the job that I do um, as a chaplain in the hospital and how God continues to help me be there um, for people um, in their very difficult times. Um, how God continues to help me to provide compassionate care um, to those that, that struggle just like me. It's, it's been a blessing to be present in people's lives and to be able to be a, a comforting presence to people in their times of challenges. And finally, I want to thank God for my family, my wife and my kids. Uh, they've been a huge blessing to me, especially my wife, um, for her ministry of supportive listening and presence. Um, you know, there are times that I've, I've, in my struggle, that I felt that there's nobody that could understand what I was going through. And those were times that I found her ministry of, of, of listening and of presence. And that has helped, that helped me this year um, to get through um, this Challenges and I, uh, my my kids, my daughter, um, they have been very very supportive. And lastly, I'm thankful to God that my uh, baby is three today, and I just want to give God thanks. Thank you all. You know, when we answer the question, "What are we thankful for?" Some things, there are some things we say that we know we're supposed to say, right? Our faith, our family, our friends. I read that on a poster at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> you can't buy it today, but tomorrow you could go get one for your house. And those are all true. And let me just say, before I forget, like first service, I am also thankful for my wife. And Okay. <laughs> I was reminded of that after. Um, 
But I thought I'd come up with an, a more honest list of what we're thankful, in addition to those things, what we're thankful for. First thought I had in my mind, coffee, you know? Why are you excited to go to bed at night? Because in the morning you get to drink coffee, yeah? Can I get a witness, right? In the summer, I'm thankful for air conditioning, for swimming pools, you know? Um, we're thankful for, our, for Target to get to go there. We were there the other day. I swear we were there for like two minutes. And I said, how is that the price? We just walked in. Like, we, this can't be right. Um, let me see. I'm thankful for, for French fries. I got that one from one of my kids. Uh, but I think it holds. And, you know, when you, when you go later this week to Grandma's house, I'm thankful for Google Maps. I don't know how we survive without that. Thank you for being here today. This is uh, our Thanksgiving service, and we are about to enter into a time of communion. So if you don't have uh, some of the elements, you can grab those. There should be some around you. We're in a, a series called The Table, and I wanted to think about uh, what we are thankful for. And I'm glad you didn't just get to, to hear from me today. Thank you, uh, Bill and Ray and Eric, for, particip for participating. Could you please tell them thank you again? So blessed uh, to be able to hear from you guys today. Thank you. I'm also thankful for today that this is our Thanksgiving meal drive day. We've been thinking about this and praying about this. And this is uh, one of just my favorite things that this church family does. That so many people are going to hopefully see the love of God today. That's what we hope for uh, through this gift. So thank you for being part of that. You know, this is a time of year that we think a lot about our traditions and we love our traditions. And so I don't know uh, what your Thanksgiving tradition is. If you are very excited for the parade and first thing, you know, Thursday morning, you'll flip that on and, and watch, uh, watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's a lot of fun. Or maybe you'll be helping mom or grandma or dad or whoever bakes the pies. Maybe that's part of your, um, your rhythm on Thanksgiving. Maybe you're just ready for kickoff, right? Like, let's, this is all good, but let's just get to kickoff um, and cheer on our favorite team or for most of us, you know, we're just ready for the pie. That's really, that's, Thanksgiving is about the pie. But, you know, when we think about traditions, we can often think about traditions, we think about them good, in good ways, but we also can think about them in negative ways, right? Like, wow, we don't want to do anything that's a tradition. We want to break traditions, throw out those old and in with the new, and there is a time and a place for that. But I started thinking about why do we have traditions? Where do we get traditions? And and I think in some ways is that something happened that was meaningful. And so we want to recreate those moments. We want to practice these things because they, they hold meaning for us. And so traditions can be very powerful to remember, to think about the meaning that they give us. And, and communion is one of those traditions that we practice every week. And so to speak about it as a tradition is, is probably the, the least of the ways we can think about it. But we don't throw it off just because it is a tradition, but we lean into the power of the moment. See, oftentimes I come into the communion moment and we can be distracted. I often have children sitting with us and um, we're, we're helping them learn the meaning. Uh, and maybe sometimes we have had a week at work and we bring that, or at home, we bring that into the moment and we're just distracted. That we want to engage both mentally and spiritually, but we just have a hard time sometimes. That's where I think the practice can be so important. 
That in the practice of communion, it doesn't only engage us in our mind and in our spirit, but also in our bodies. Because whether I'm distracted or not, the moment comes and I will, I will feel the bread in the cup. I will taste of the body of Christ. And I will oftentimes smell the cup before I drink it. That it engages me in a way that other things don't. Because we bring not only our mind and our spirit, but we bring our body to Christ at the cross. We bring everything. So we need this bodily act. We need this holistic practice as a way to remember not only what Jesus has done, but what he continues to do in our life. And so if you have your Bible, go over to Luke chapter 22. And Jesus is again around a table. I want to read from Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 7. And it reads like this. Then came the day of the unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. Jesus replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters. And say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. We do this every week, but every week, church, this is our Thanksgiving meal. This is the meal that we come together, and just like Jesus before us, we give thanks. As he says, this is a sign of his victory. This is the sign of his victory over sin and death and the the entrance of a new kingdom. And at his table, you've been saved a seat. You've been invited to gather around his table every single week. Lots of things go on in our life, lots of reasons to be disheartened and to lose sight of Jesus. But this moment every week is a sign of hope. We eat it with the hope of not only what has happened, but what will continue to happen. The victory that Jesus has in us and will continue to work out through us. This is our meal of hope. Something mysterious is at work here at the table of the Lord. God is at work. God meets us here. It's a moment of awe and reverence. It's a moment that we remember. We remember what he did for us on the cross. We remember those moments. We don't remember with sadness. We remember with joy in our heart because we are remembering his victory. We are remembering the love that he poured out for you and for me. There's lots of things we could talk about when it comes to the table, lots of ways we could discuss it, but more than, more than trying to understand it this way or that way, it's about participating. It's about showing up to the table because the Lord has invited you to the table. He brings us here and 
and it creates intimacy with us and with him. But it also creates intimacy with those who eat it together. So church, I invite you to look around the room. Look at your brother and sister in Christ. We call each other that because of this moment. See, there's lots of ways that the world would divide us, and I could not gather this room in any other way but under the blood of Jesus Christ. We have nothing else in common except for that. Jesus is the one that brings this group together. And so when we eat of this together, it shows solidarity that we are brothers and sisters in Christ at one table. This isn't the first time that Jesus would have practiced Passover. In fact, he would have done it every single year all over the nation of Israel. They would have practiced this because they would have remembered back to the story of Exodus. They would have remembered that their ancestors were enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years. And Exodus tells us that they cried out to God. They groaned under the oppression of slavery and that God heard their cry. That God heard their cry and he rescued them from Egypt. They remember that every year. And that same God still hears you today, church. That when we cry out to him, he hears our prayers. He hears our cries, and he meets you at the table. So I want to offer a prayer over these elements today. To our God who rescues us, to our God who hears us, and continues to pour out his love for us. Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful for this moment. For this moment that you invited us to your table. That you welcomed us, that you saved us a seat, that you drew us to you. Thank you, Father, for for adding us to your family, for making the way through your son, Jesus. God, we know that this was a, a suffering and a death that he did not deserve, but that love brought him to that moment. And Father, we, we hope to give that love right back to you. How we respond to that, we welcome you, we come to your table And we give you our love right back. Father, our prayer is that as we take of the body and blood of your son, that they would penetrate our hearts and our lives. That this moment that we remember, this moment that we hope, we would take with us. Is that your body and blood would transform us. So that way when people would see us, God, they would get a better picture of you. God, we we seek to honor you and give you glory through our lives because of this moment. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Church, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And the blood of Christ that was shed for you. I want to invite our shepherds, <clears throat> our shepherds and their wives to take their place in the room as we close this part of our service. And we want to invite you as the family of God. We want to invite you to prayer with them. That we know that there's many things that go on in our lives, things to celebrate and things that, that we need people to walk with us. And our first, our first promise is to pray with you. Because we're brother and sister. And so what's going on in your life isn't just for you. We promise to walk with you. 
And so as we stand to sing this next song, we want to invite you to start with prayer. Let's start with these shepherd couples that will walk with you through whatever it is that's going on in your life. So if we can help you in any way, won't you come while we stand and sing?